welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than 30 minutes, I'm going to dig a little deeper with ASX listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs and lows and what's next. And the part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level, their experiences, their mentors, slips and slides, even down to their coffee of choice and life away from the share price and investment decision making. And as you can probably hear, we're doing a bit of an out and about recording of today's episode. We're at the Southwest Connect, the ASX showcase at the Abbey Beach Resort in Bustleton. And today's guest is Luke Cox, CEO of Green Technology Metals, ASX code GT1, the number one. And I'm just having a look through the palms here. And we are, of course, at the Southwest Connect at Abbey Beach. The palm says, building the preeminent vertically integrated lithium business in Ontario, Canada. Luke, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Can't go wrong with that shirt. That's that's great. Oh, yes. This, they, they call it the tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> um, over the next 25 to 30 minutes, we're going to get to know a bit about, of course, green technology metals, but also about you and, and someone that's been in the game across a, a broad range of uh, areas, yep. diamonds, gold, nickel, and now you're working in, the, in this lithium space, which... A lot of people are going down that line. It is a very, very, it is rapidly changing and evolving. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, yeah, I started life as a geo back in the day, kicking rocks in WA. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just worked my way up the ranks. And, uh, I guess I'm one of the few that sort of, I went into technical services uh, from geology and then became a mine manager uh, of the likes of Evolution, MRL, uh, and then a couple of startups as well. So it's yeah, been been in this game for a while now. I've seen a few things in my life. <laughs> yeah, and very much so. And as I said, we're at the Southwest Connect, of course, and the showcase down here, uh, the ASX showcase. Now you're presenting, so we're we're sitting here on Wednesday, um, and we're amongst the all the other businesses and companies right here. And you're presenting in a couple of hours. Can you give us a bit of a snapshot? What the presentation, what sort of shape the presentation takes? Yeah, so a lot of it's about strategy now. Like, you know, in Western Australia, you know, I've worked in the lithium space over in WA. Uh, this is all about, you know, we, we, you know, we're creating big mines over here. A lot of the product does go offshore to China, gets processed, and then it goes off to South Korea and the likes and goes into batteries. Uh, but we've moved out of that space and we've moved into Canada, and specifically North America, where they've got their own thing going on. You know, what they're looking at is, you know, let's do this in-house, right? Let's go and find the resources in North America, you know, create concentrates, create chemicals, you know, create the batteries, the cars, all there. And actually, we're actually part of, a, I guess, a wider group building a lithium supply chain in Ontario. So this is like huge. So, you know, it's just a, one of my slides is that the government has spent 25 billion, right, on car manufacturing, battery manufacturing, uh, and cathode active materials. So they're the materials that go into the battery. They got no feed source, like literally no feed source. So all of a sudden, you know, you've got 25 billion being invested already and they're saying, well, geez, we need these mines to get up and running. We need someone to start creating concentrates, start creating chemicals so they can supply these downstream players all there in Ontario. So the government's looked around, you know, and they've looked at the various teams. And I guess one thing that uh, GT1 brings to the table, all of us are miners and processors. Like, you know, all of us have got our hands dirty over the years, you know, we're not accountants or anything like that. I started life as a geo. My chairman was a geo. You know, uh, John Young, uh, he, he's like one of the co-founders of Pilbara Minerals, which is like a household name now. I mean, I just uh, I just flew in from Melbourne and um, 
there's a massive sign when you get into the Perth airport, you know, come and join Pilbara Minerals. So that, all those signs used to be iron ore signs. Now they're lithium signs. So it just shows you where the industry is going at the moment. And uh, lithium, yeah, it's taken a, a, a short-term hit just due to lithium prices, but they'll bounce back up. Everyone, anyone in the lithium game can show you the cyclical nature of the lithium prices over time. So, you know, are lithium prices great at the moment? No, but everyone knows they're going to bounce back up. So it's almost like this is a sales proposition at the Southwest Connect. It's like, right, if you want a bit of the chunk of the pie to get into lithium, now's a good time while the, the, the equity prices are slightly uh, depressed. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as those lithium prices go back up, it's going to be happy days again. Well, you sound very confident and, and I like the, the cut of your cloth. We go back to the green shirt because it is about branding and brand awareness. And, oh, and yeah, yeah. So it is all about standing out from the crowd and um, you're comfortable with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, so the, the original founder was a guy called uh, Cam Henry. He's been in the lithium game uh, a lot of his career. So he started off a company called Primero. Uh, and if you're looking to build a lithium processing plant around the world, you know, you would bump into Primero at some point in your life. Um, but Cam has actually just joined GT1 full-time. So uh, stepped out of Primero and joined us. So obviously I've got Cam in the office now. And, uh, nice recruit for you, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the founder. So uh, yeah, yeah so he's, <laughs> he's getting his pound of flesh from me. <laughs> um, just, just in regards to that, I'm going to talk more on some of the projects that you, the projects that you've got running and then a little bit more about you. So our listeners to our podcast can get to know you. We're chatting with Luke Cox. We're at the Southwest Connect. It's the ASX showcase down here at Bustle and the Abbey Beach Resort. You can hear the buzz of activity around us. And, and Luke is presenting in a couple of hours' time. So by the time this po- podcast is aired, you would have presented. What do you... We're talking about what your aim are. What's the feedback you hope to achieve from those who are in the presentation and see the presentation either live or down the line? Yeah, so really this presentation is showing that, you know, there's a strategic plan that is highly achievable. That, that anyone that, that gets uh, a full lithium supply chain anywhere in the world, you know, that's, that's like the golden chalice. Uh, and like we pulled together, you know, just from the early stages of getting a mine up and running, you know, I come from a mining background. I pulled together a permitting team. So permit, mine permitting is a big ticket item. I pulled together uh, a First Nations Indigenous group. So that's when you, you, know, you start to engage with the people of the land where you're working. You now start to get them involved on the project and, get, and, and bring them along that journey. Right? So these are all early steps that you have to do. And that's all on top of exploring, proving up resources. I've got a resource, uh, resource geology team in-house. So we prove up all of our own resources. And then you start to talk about mining. That's where I bring additional uh, firepower. There is actually doing pit optimizations. Uh, converting those into reserves uh, and then you know cam and his team bringing all the processing side of the business so we're not trying to reinvent the wheel everyone on my team's been through this a dozen times before so we, we know the process we know the path you need to take to get into production first and that's critical for us yeah and, and uh, but you need the skill sets you you know you have to have your hands dirty you know you taken a couple of blows along the way and uh, you learn by your mistakes and so now you know we we've got a crystal clean uh thematic on how we're going to achieve these goals and get it first into production. So let's talk about the, the your flagship, your Seymour project. And, the, is, and so that's, yeah. that's the one that you seems as though, I think I'll stand corrected, but is drilling at the root project on hold at the moment. Are you focusing more on the Seymour? Oh, no, no. So we, we've kept them both going. So essentially okay. what we did um, more recently, we've been drilling over at root. Actually, it turns out uh, 
even though Seymour is the flagship, so we, we're calling Seymour the flagship, and that's in the eastern hub. Uh, the the drill rigs are spinning there right now. Okay. Uh, we also have had the, the drill rig spinning over in the western hub. Uh, and the western, so the actual western hub is actually bigger in resource now than the eastern hub. We, we <laughs> just by the fact of uh, exploring and finding more dirt. Both in Ontario? Both in Ontario. What separation? What's the east-west separation? How far? Yeah, so it's about 250 k's. But okay. what, what you'll see is um, there'll be an eastern hub with mines and then a central concentrator, creating a, a spodumene concentrate. Uh, and that will be the first production that will go into a conversion facility. So everything sits around a central hub called Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay, uh, they call it the Detroit of the North. It used to be an old paper mill industry, but obviously everyone started buying iPads and uh, no one no one used to, uh, everyone stopped buying newspapers. So the paper industry took a bit of a hit, but Thunder Bay took a huge hit because that, that was their primary industry, was forestry to the North, feeding into the hub, which was Thunder Bay, and then it did paper, pro, paper pulping and processing in Thunder Bay and, uh, and exported globally. That industry fell over. And now what the government are looking to do is reinvigorate Thunder Bay, find a new industry. So natural resources, lithium, right. We have the Eastern and Western hub. They'll feed a central conversion facility in Thunder Bay. And then that, that material obviously is supplied to downstream players. So, you know, you've got the government behind you really back in this thematic, you know, we've got a team together. So it's really, yeah, everyone's getting quite excited over there, but it's just trying to, when I go into, you know, present is, you know, I'm in WA, it's trying to, you know, uh, explain this story to them so they can get they they can understand the thematic you know that it's not just about Australia and the lithium supply chain here there's another bigger one building over there in North America you know the, the biggest market in the world is North America and we're on the doorstep so are we a little bit comfortable in WA do you think the industry is a little bit comfortable doesn't want to step out of their comfort zone or are you confident that you can express enough on how important uh, Ontario, Canada is? Oh, there's definitely uh, uh, an element, you know, like would you invest in um, in a WA mine compared to one over in Canada? You know, you know, it's an overseas project. But when you look at the bigger thematic uh, and the, I guess, the the bigger goals and, uh, and what's on offer here over, over in, in Canada, you know, there's massive incentives. You know, you had the Americans, like, pumped out the the IRA, which is Inflation Reduction Act. Billions of dollars have gone into, you know, the mines and, and the processing. And then Canada have, have, have stumped up the same. They're like, right, we want a piece of this pie as well. Uh, and there's massive incentives to get up into production uh, and building that supply chain. Luke Cox is our guest. And we're talking of about GT1, Green Technology Metals. Of course, GT1 is the ASX code. A little bit more in regards to the short, the mid and the long term. And obviously things are happening over there at the moment, as you mentioned, with Seymour and Root as well. But we'll get to be, know a bit more about you. When you wake up in the morning and you, if you deal with Luke's life, but you go into workspace mode, what's the first thing you do? All right. So as soon as I wake up, uh, I make sure the wife's still asleep because it's pretty early. It's like 5 a.m. I quickly grab my phone because... Because all the guys are just, because of the time difference, it's exactly 12 hours. So when my boys are knocking off in Canada, I'm just waking up. Does that help with um, just the, the almost like the 24-7 continuity of the projects and, and oh, the business? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, an example is, um, you know, I've got my resource geos uh, pumping out models uh, and building the resources over here in, in Perth. So... 
all the data. So we have the drill rig spinning 24 seven. They're sending the data over to Perth. We're rerunning the models on a daily basis, building the resources. So overnight, so when they wake up again, they've got a new model. They go, okay, right, we need to pump a few holes here and here. And they start redesigning the designs for the drill holes. So you do have that 24 seven operation. And also it does help, you know, from the safety perspective as well. If, if they need uh, direction from a, at any point, you know, you've always got a manager somewhere that can manage 24 seven. That's, that's pretty critical in any operation globally. Uh, but yeah, it does take its toll as well. You know, like I wake up at 5 a.m., I'll have a couple of meetings in the morning, then I'll do my normal shift in the office. And then uh, I have dinner at home and then it, it all kicks off again at 8 p.m. So I have meetings from eight to nine, nine to 10, and sometimes midnight. Because there's so, there's so much going on with the government as well that they, they, you know, they want to invest. They want to be part of this and they, they want us to succeed because if we succeed, the government succeeds because they, they need this supply chain. Because they're, they're trying to drag as much of the business out of the US and into Canada as possible. US has good resources, but Canada has it all. You know, you've got the nickel, you've got the cobalt, you've got the lithium. Everything you need for a battery is right there. Uh, most of it's in Ontario. So... You know, when I'm doing calls, you know, I do, I do very late calls as well. Uh, a lot of teams calls. And also, you know, uh, every quarter I fly over to Canada, I spend a month over there. So you, you do need to have that continuity uh, with, with the teams you work with. May I ask then, Luke, um, you, are you a share, share price watcher? Uh, I am. For, for Is big about, I get mixed reports when I've interviewed a lot of people and chatted with a lot of people on this podcast. And some say, no, it can drive you mad. Others say it can give you motivation. Others say it can explain a lot of things. What does it do for you, the share price? Yeah, I like to watch your share price to see, you know, when I deliver news, uh, sometimes no news is almost good news and the share price goes up. And then you, you deliver some absolute ripper announcements and your share price goes down. And you're like, how is this? I, 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 I intently watch what our share price does with announcements and, and just like, uh, talks like this because people do want to get to know me like I guess if, if you was asking who I am yeah I'm, I'm started life as a geo kicking rocks in WA worked my way up as a mine manager you know I've worked in the likes of uh, Wajina uh, worked in gold worked in nickel cobalt so I've been in that next generation battery space for many years now uh, and and done numerous startups so I guess that's that's my forte and my space um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I actually do love this job. Like, you know, people say to me, are oh, you not bored of it? Yeah, Luke. I'm like, nah, I'm, I can wait, I'll go, I'll go to Canada, I'll fly around the world. I'll go, <laughs> yeah, I'll go and I'll get into the field. Like, you know, like people have, they have four weeks off a year to go to places like Canada. Mate, I'm there all the time. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the field excites you still, doesn't it? I mean, you oh, can sit no, in an office all day, every day and look at laptops and computers and do numbers and, and push that all out. But you, I'll get the feeling you just like to get your hands dirty. Oh, yeah. I've always got my hands dirty. Uh, you know, when I was a mine manager, you know, if I got bored in the office, I'd go and grab a truck and go and do a couple of loads, you know, especially lunchtime. So I, I used to get all of our crews. So, uh, you know, like uh, during day shift, you know, it, it, the, 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 the crews will park up sporadically and we'll just jump. We'll, I'll go and grab their truck and I'll go and do a couple of loads and uh, but what it does mean you know, is getting your hands dirty, but also getting a feel for what the guys are doing on the ground. You know, you can see the safety aspect of it. Is there any issues in the pit? But also, you know, you're keeping yourself up to date with what's going on in a, in a, in a mining operation. Uh, and also see how the team are fitting, you know, like turn up to the lunch breaks and have a yak. So you're getting first-hand feedback, yeah? Oh, absolutely. 
you know, trying to do those monkey surveys or anything like that, that's, that's a joke. You need to go and speak to them. Yeah, good point. Go, go and shake their hands and, and have that have that one-to-one conversation. Otherwise, you're never going to get the truth. We're at the Southwest Connect down in Bustleton, ASX Showcase at the Abbey Beach Resort. And Luke Cox is our guest. He's the CEO of Green Technology Metals, GT1. I've got a feeling you don't rely on coffee to get you up and about. You're incredibly highly motivated. You almost have a permanent smile on your face, even from the short time that we've been sitting here doing this podcast. But are you a coffee drinker? Uh, I never used to be. Yeah, you know how, you know how that started. <laughs> All right. My mate goes to me, oh, yeah, because I, I used to drink hot chocolate. All right, mate goes, oh, I'll get you a mocha. And I said, what's that? He goes, oh, it's a hot chocolate. Oh, and I, I had this mocha. And I go, God, this tastes pretty good. Anyway, so for, for a year, he's given me this mocha. And then I found out, oh, it's got bloody coffee in it. And I was, so you didn't, you didn't do your research on it? <laughs> not at all. He's just assumed, he was, he's just hoodwinked you and you're falling for it. But you're into it now. Oh, yeah, no, I love a coffee, but I only have one a day. Uh, I'm very strict. I, I, I'm a very regimented person. Uh, you know, I turn up to work every day. I do a full shift. I go to the gym three times a week. I think exercise and, and health is big for me. You know, I see a lot of guys in mining, you know, because you, you are trying to juggle a full-time career day and night, 24-7, and a family. And family is huge to me. You know, like, I remember one of my, my managers at the time, Bruce, he goes to me, like, you carry, the, you're juggling three balls, right? Like, one's your health and your family. That's made out of glass. One's your job. Right, and once the sort of social life, it, you never drop that glass ball because once it's pro- once you dropped it, it's shattered, it's gone for life. So yeah, look after your help, and uh, certainly look after your family. So it, it, it's hard, but yeah, I always health and family absolute priority over everything. So you've got the work life balance right. Uh, it is hard. I do look. I to do that, I've had to do long hours. So you know, uh, so we talked about what does my day look like. So I get home 5 or 6 p.m. I spend time with the kids doing homework, you know, helping mum with, uh, you know, doing a bit of the cooking, a bit of cleaning. Uh, and then uh, the kids go and watch a bit of TV. And then I jump onto Teams and I catch up with the crew at 8 p.m. Uh, WA time. Uh, and then generally there's an after meeting, uh, so it goes from 9 to 10. And then I quickly jump up, say goodnight to the kids. Uh, and then, you know, then it rolls on. I wake up at 5 a.m. and you go again. But... You have to do that to try and balance it. So there is long days. Uh, and then, you know, is, you know, trying to manage going over to Canada. So when I go over there for a mum, you know, someone's mum's at home, you know, she's doing school drop-off, school pick-up, sport, cooking, you know, all those things. So you, it's really important that you, you know, you have a team. So, yeah, me and the missus. You yeah, know, really? It, it, yeah. yeah. So it has to be a team, team effort because it won't work otherwise. Yeah. When you walk into a blank room and there's a white wall, I, I give this to all of our guests. I give you a big black markers pen. I want you to write out your team motto, your motto, your, your work motto, your life motto. What words would you scrawl on the wall? All right. I, I know this one because I've, I've lived with it all my life. So my motto is fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. Because nine times out of 10, it's going to come good. Uh, and every time, you know, like, now, when you're at the beach and you see a big wave coming, you're like, oh, do I go under the wave or do I catch it? I catch it. <laughs> and I think sometimes, you know, opportunities come up, you know, especially in mining, you know, like a new project comes up or, you know, should I drill a new hole here or should I chase this pegmatite out here? It's like, yeah, go for it. Because it, you know, if you've got enough science and enough understanding, enough experience, you know it's going to come good. 
So yeah, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, it's incredible attitude. And you just, again, it's rubbing off in the, just the 20 minutes that you've been here uh, in, in this in this podcast. What about mentors? You talked about, you know, you've worked with some great people over the journey. Um, just do you have a mentor? Do you have, if you'd like to share, you don't have to share. Do you have someone you, you lean on that's inside the industry, but maybe not known or someone you bounce things off? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a long-term mentor and uh, <laughs> he's probably going to laugh when I say his name, but uh, Bruce McFadgen, he's been, you know, I, I met Bruce uh, 20 years ago. You know, he gave me my first mining gig and he's one of those guys, you know, like he's, he's, he's a lovely bloke and, you know, he's, he's all about having a fair go. But he's the same, you know, he, he you know, he sticks his neck out and he gets, he gets the job done, you know, he, he's well known in WA. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Bruce and probably another guy called Bob Hudson. Uh, yeah, really respect those two because they've been through the industry, they've seen everything and they're the guys you can phone up, right? You know, you, 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 it, it might be 12 o'clock at night, you're in a pickle, you're not sure which way to turn. Even one of those would pick up the phone and give you some sound advice. And every time they have, you know, that, that that's where part of my success comes from is like watching them and, and uh, what, what would Bruce do or what would Bob do in this situation? And you can sort of, you almost don't have to phone them because you know what they're going to say. And uh, yeah, yeah, two, two industry veterans and uh, yeah, great guys. Outside of all of this and outside the space that you're working in right now and the travel and the family, what are you into? Are you boating? Are you a movie watcher? You say you go to the gym three times. Do you follow sport? Just, um, just, give, me, just give me a snapshot of life away from this. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously I've got the pommy accents. Everyone's like, oh, you must be into the soccer, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I grew up in North London, so Arsenal's my local team. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really watch sport that much. I always took part in sport. Uh, so all my life I've been a rower. So just more recently, I've got my son into rowing, my eldest son. And, uh, yeah, he's going gangbusters. Absolutely loves the rowing fraternity. You know, it's, it, it, you know, it's a good aerobic sport. You know, it is 50, 50% male, 50% female, which is great. And the social side and, you know, I'm really setting him up for a, a really healthy lifestyle. And it is early starts. You know, I've been waking up at 5 a.m. to take him down to the river. But, you know, it gives me pleasure in seeing my son uh, <clears throat> being involved in a sport that I love for so many years. Uh, and I'd love to get back into rowing, but, you know, when you're rowing a crew, you need to be there more regularly. And with the travel to Canada and stuff like that, you just, you can't join a crew because you don't want to let them down. So I might try, I might go back in and do a bit of sculling or something like that. Do you get time to watch TV series? It doesn't sound like you do. If all of a sudden, 10 o'clock at night's come around and you need to get some shut-eye. But what about sort of on a weekend? Yeah, I mean, uh, I get that one hour uh, just after uh, dinner and before I start my calls, sit down with the boys and the missus and uh, we watch the block at the moment. We love renovation. We've done a fair bit of that. Just with mining, you know, we've moved around a fair bit, so we've had to renovate quite a few homes. Sure. Uh, so we love seeing the, the block. Uh, weekends, we might watch a movie or something like that, but generally, <clears throat> you know, my boys are swimmers as well, so we go down to Coslow and we swim, swim within the nets and we go and spend time down by the beach. Family's important, yeah? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's beautiful to hear. All right. So, GT1, we're wanting to give you the short, the mid, and the long term. You talk about the bumps in the roads and the sort of the highs and lows of it. Where are we at now in that cycle? And what's the, what's the long term for GT1? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've spent um, the last two years really getting to us to the, the, the epicenter of starting a mine. 
So we've done the resource drilling, we've proven everything up, we've done the mine designs, we've done the, uh, the uh, metallurgical test work, we've done all the designs for the processing facilities, uh, the permits are going in, you know, we've converted our exploration claims to mining claims, we've reached out to the government for funding. So all that happened in the last two years, because we're only two years old. Um, now that the next year is going to be getting, you know, construction, you know, First, First Nations Indigenous engagement um, uh, benefit agreements, uh, you know, I'm uh, really getting that operation to be an operation in the midterm 2025. And then the long term is getting that um, hydroxide plant up and running in Thunder Bay. And then long term feed source. So all those streams are in full tilt right now. Uh, and even the long term feed source at Root, you know, we've already proven up the resources. That's what we just did for the last uh, five months. Uh, and all the designs are done. So everything's uh, shaping up quite nicely. But the real thing that's going to come up uh, next month is our scoping study. So the scoping study shows the true value of GT1 financially. So what have we created? We've created a vertically integrated lithium business in Ontario, and this is how much it's worth. And I think people will be quite happy with that. So uh, why should people, without sort of pushing the envelope too far, uh, what the, what's the financial position of the company in regards to uh, your capital and, and where are you at right now in regards to getting new listeners who are listening to this or are going to hear you speak who want to invest? Why should they? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we talked about the uh, the, the lithium price. A lot of uh, lithium stocks follow the lithium price. Uh, it is uh, sedated at the moment, but I mean, I just spend time in Melbourne and Sydney speaking to all the commodity analysts and the, the brokers and investors. I want to say one thing they're saying is, they really feel that the, the commodity price for lithium's hit rock bottom. So really now it's like, this is where it starts to bounce and go back up. So you, I reckon you've got about a month or two months to jump on board before you start to see appreciation in commodity prices, which will have a knock on effect to the, the equity prices uh, in the short term. Um, but yeah, if, if you're really serious and long-term and, um, uh, and, and want to be invested in a business that sits on the doorstep of the biggest, uh, I, I guess, powerhouse, which is the US, um, that's GT1, you know, we sit uh, on the border of Canada uh, and the US, we've got projects ready to go. Uh, I mean, everything's lining up like perfectly, it's like the perfect storm. <laughs> Well, it is, uh, well I'm, I, I, there's something about you that is um, absorbing, the, the positive nature, the family first attitude, your confidence in the business and the green shirt, which I really like. <laughs> That's another episode of ASX Market. Goss, we love your feedback. We'd love you to make a comment, like us, share us, tell your colleagues. And uh, if you've heard one, you want to go back and, and go back over the many that we've done our previous episodes, please do. You can get us on whatever platform you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, rss.com. As I mentioned, rate us, give us your feedback. So make sure you keep an ear and an eye out for our next episode. Until then, we'll keep digging to find out more guests to chat with with their ASX journey. Uh, Luke Cox, thanks for spending time with us on the ASX Market Goals podcast. Oh, mate, it's been a pleasure. Good on you. Green Technology Metals, GT1. I just need to read this uh, drop board again, which is to our left through the palms here in uh, Abbey Beach, building the preeminent vertically integrated lithium business in Ontario, Canada. It is Luke Cox. Once again, thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate.
The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.